Hello there guys and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week I'm joined by Max Byrne and Dave Horrocks. Now any regular listeners will know that Dave Horrocks is the co-host of the Comics and Motion podcast along with Chris Phelps. Chris was on last week's episode, the wrestling one, and so Chris and Dave host the Comics and Motion podcast and on that podcast feed there also shows the Mandatory Marvel and DC podcast which is hosted by Max Byrne as well as my other show Star Wars Comics and Canon and also Tony Farina's show Indie Comics Spotlight. Any listeners over the last few weeks knows that I've been showcasing a lot of the people on this so marries up all nicely. So fitting in with the guests appropriately, Dave of Comics of Motion and Max of Mandatory Marvel and DC, we're speaking about the Snyder Cut. Uh, we went to record this episode and within five minutes of pressing the record button it was announced that the Snyder Cut is officially getting a release on HBO Max. Um, we were planning on talking about DC movies anyway, so it worked very nicely. So for this as part one of the chat, we basically speak about what the Snyder Cut of Justice League actually is, why people are excited by it, some of the flaws in the original Justice League movie and some of the other DC films. Uh, we talk about some of the inconsistencies and things around the sort of filmmaking process of the DC expanded universe and, and that's kind of where we go in this chat uh, part two will be out next week and that goes into more Max's side of his opinions because this episode ends with Dave's opinions on a lot of the DC movies the next episode will start with a lot of Max's and then we also speak quite a lot about Batman versus Superman next week so it's very much related to the DC movies and how we all sort of feel about them because we all have slightly different viewpoints on them so big nerdy chat about that and that's what you can expect before the chat gets started there'll be a quick promo for the your brain on facts podcast i've included a link in the description for that be sure to go check that out and watch this space because uh me and the host are talking about uh maybe a collaboration in the future so keep an eye on that anyway guys thank you so much for listening the chat will get started now and i'll be back at the end of the chat to give a bit more detail of what's coming up in part two what the latest episode of star wars comics and canon entails and a few other little bits and pieces so i don't ramble on too much in this intro so once again thanks so much for listening guys i appreciate all the sharing liking on social media and all that usual jazz and i'll talk to you at the end need to satisfy a hungry mind every week your brain on facts brings you science why does mint feel cold history King Charles II of Spain was so inbred, his family didn't bother educating him. Music. Many hit songs and even entire albums were written for revenge. Technology. The first video game was made on an oscilloscope in 1958. And every other topic under the sun. Look for Your Brain on Facts on your favorite podcast app or at yourbrainonfacts.com. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. I am joined today by Max Byrne and also Dave Horrocks. It's amazing to have you both on. I don't think I've had Max on the podcast before, so hello to you, Max. Hello to you too. Thank you so much for having me on, Mike. <laughs> no worries at all. And Dave, you've been on loads of times and I've been on your show a few times, so I don't really need to greet you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just part of the furniture. No, it's great to be on, you know, and uh, 
as we talked before, you know, we've got no real notes, no script for this. So it is just going to be a genuine conversation between the three of us. So I absolutely can't wait for this one. Yeah, I've got four bullet points and three of them are about the same thing. <laughs> that sounds like my scripts. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, um, obviously, Dave, I'll get you to introduce yourself in a minute, but the star of this show is Max. <laughs> because, Max, you've got the show Mandatory Marvel in DC, um, obviously on the Comics in Motion sort of feed, along with my podcast, Styles Comics and Canon. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about Mandatory Marvel in DC and plug away? I'll include links in the description and stuff, but go ahead. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just a show where we take um, something from either of the big two of comics, obviously Marvel or, or DC, as the title suggests, um, and we discuss it. Myself and a guest or two guests will pick a big title. It can't be something obscure like a, a little issue, throwaway issue from the 70s or something like that. <laughs> it's It's got to be a big title, something that generally people will know. You don't have to be a comics uber fan to know about what we're talking about and we just spend an hour or so chit-chatting about it breaking it down discussing it what we like what we don't like and just, you know, it's a nice fun listener i would say yeah i mean i i listened to the um i think it was one of the first ones you did the civil war comic and i've mm. read i've read the civil war comic and i've seen the films but i am much more of a, a movie buff than a comic nerd yeah. and it was really really interesting hearing you and uh dave as well talk about a lot of the sort of uh the added kind of the other issues which were there's like the main run of issues and then there's some sort of other issues that kind of go in with it like an omnibus in a sense and it was it was really cool hearing all these little um well, little things you notice and stuff you know people discussing something like comics i mean i've read Obviously, read a lot of Star Wars comics, but you can reread the same comic four times and you still find new things, even in the background or X, Y, Z. So that's, that's really awesome. And uh, <laughs> Dave, <laughs> if you want to introduce yourself, with not all your millions of podcasts, please. I had Chris on last week and we were here for about half an hour listening off all the damn podcasts you guys have got. <laughs> I'll try and keep it concise. So obviously, I'm one of the co-hosts for Comics in Motion, uh, the TV and movie part of the podcast uh also do the vhs strikes back and also recently rebranded cd reality cast which was formerly the love island cast now cd is for chris and dave and we kind of only realized uh in probably the last recording it was like well it sounds like cd doesn't it (laughs) s-e-e-d-y <laughs> so we're not rebranding all the emails are done and the twitter accounts up so yeah c d <laughs> reality <laughs> cast is the one so and, and the reason for that is mainly because of lockdown because we were focused on love island before you know it's something completely different to everything else that we do but you know with lockdown and everything there isn't going to be any any of that so we're we're going off and we're looking at similar kind of shows so it's just more reality tv stuff yeah, that's awesome. Well, I say it's awesome. I personally, it's one of the only shows that I have no real interest in listening to. I'm afraid. I watched um, what was it? Uh, Too hot to handle. That was surprisingly okay. But um, I actually- see that's how they get you. That's how they get you, Mike. Because I started where you started, and actually, the brainchild. I, I must admit, I'm a sucker for punishment. So I remember I was walking into town. It was a sunny day, like today. And I was, I rang up Chris and I said, you know what, you love Love Island. And, and, you know, it was an ongoing joke with us and like our circle of friends for years that he was just so into it. And it's like, what are you doing? This fucking (laughs) women's show, you know? And so I said, let's start a podcast. You're absolutely the Love Island champion. And I'm just going to come on and shit all over it. 
And then it was about three episodes in. And and because like I didn't know what was going on, so I had to keep lots and lots of notes. So, so I was writing down, like, these are the rules. These are, you know, the contestants and stuff. And th- these, this is all, you know, this is the drama between this person and that person. But that person doesn't like that person. And you sort of start getting into the plotting of it and trying to predict what's going to happen. And it was like, fuck, I'm in. <laughs> I, I, and just like that I was like a complete super fan and it, it was weird so be careful when you watch this shit it's okay to just have it on in the background but when you start analysing it and, and if you're like me a bit of a student of the human condition hmm. then that's it that's what gets you that's my problem I mean I won't delve any further into reality TV but that's what got me <laughs> too hot to handle because I watched that because I Me- Megan used to watch Love Island that sort of stuff and then I was like I was like, I don't really want to watch that stuff blah 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 and then I saw the trailer for Too Hot to Handle and it was basically all oh, this normal reality garbage but then oh they can't have sex and I was like oh that's actually interesting because that is and they all get and if one of them does anything sexual or anything like that then they all lose money in this big pot they get at the end it's like yep. okay there's actual a degree of stakes and it is that whole sort of human condition thing it was interesting to see lots of people who at the start of the show seemed like pieces of shit actually kind of grow as people but yeah. this is meant to be about comic books not yep. reality tv which is probably <laughs> the most opposite two things on well, either side of a spectrum i see I, i'm gonna disagree with you a bit mike there because you know there's a lot of familiarity between comic books and soap operas and because it, it, it's all about the drama i know they wear spandex <laughs> but there are a lot of similarities and and it is all that it's about the drama the interplay the relationships and what have you so i think there's there's probably more of a crossover in terms of what it is, but in terms of the fandom, yeah, I think the only uh, part of that intersection is probably me and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's not rare. It's not often that you get a, a comic slash movie podcast and then another movie podcast and all the other podcasts, but then also be the host of uh, a Love Island cast. It is very bizarre. But if we swing back, because we've got a lot of things to discuss regarding uh, all the sort of thing that's going on at the moment, like minutes before we recorded. Um, but just before we get into that, I just want to ask Max, um, regarding Mandatory Marvel and DC, was there anything that specific that kind of made you start it? Had you always wanted to start a podcast and things? Or was there anything that kind of jumped out or was it more the opportunity arose? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was something I'd always wanted to do and probably just never had the the means or the wherewithal or, dare I say, the intelligence to go about it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we did have a, one of the sites I write for, fantasticuniverses.com. Uh, we did make a start on one there, but after a few episodes, everyone seemed to sort of lose interest in it. So I was mm. sort of rudderless um and then it all down to chris and dave really they sort of had been on their show a, a time or two as a guest and they reached out to me as they as they did to you to obviously provide some more content for their stream and the rest is history as you say i'm really grateful for the the chance and the um the chance to have a go at it and it's great just to be able to talk about the things i like it's you know unfortunately my uh, better half sarah is not much of a comic book fan and the kids <laughs> just kind of take it all leave it you know they've no real interest in it so it's great to actually be able to speak to like-minded people about something and just have a bit of fun with it well yeah exactly that's one of the things that i like i like most about it where obviously uh genuine chit chat the show and uh styles comics and canon they're both uh, much like your show it's the one person who does everything and then you have people on to kind of you know, add to it and things as opposed to you know there's only one host which i'm trying to kind of ramble off and say and i find that 
from the past i've i've done collaborative projects with other people and i just find that i'm always wanting to go like full steam ahead and a lot of the other people are generally kind of lag down a bit and i found what you said there about what you worked previously was like you know you kind of want to go ahead but everyone else wasn't as much and you can't just do a whole project from yourself unless it's from the get-go in a sense you know i'm kind of yeah so it's 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 a great show and things obviously yeah kudos to uh chris and dave obviously speaking to dave it's like he's not here (laughs) 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 yeah dave like he's really good isn't he um not ask him any questions or anything um (laughs) but uh i think chris and dave you're uh well dave you and chris are going to be coming on the show uh, next week or something and then we'll probably have a larger conversation about all the comics and motion networky stuff um but for this one we can talk about basically it's Marvel and DC and I want to talk about sort of comic book movies and things. And in the Twitter message that we had, the three of us uh, prepping for this uh, chat, I say prepping, discussing in a little bit what we're going to talk about. <laughs> we got into a talk about uh, DC, Justice League, Batman vs Superman and uh, the illustrious Snyder Cut. So Max, I want to come to you and ask you about this. Uh, but beforehand, I just want to say for any listeners who aren't aware, uh, Zack Snyder, he made, he's made quite a few f- uh, films now. The way that I knew about him, and I think a lot of people, is either the Watchmen movies or uh, Watchmen movie or the 300 movie. Um, and I love the Watchmen. I think it's one of my favourite films ever. Uh, and I'm blasphemous. I'm, uh, completely like against the grain of what everyone else thinks but i didn't like the graphic novel very much uh, but obviously they're very very different entities and obviously snyder released uh batman vs superman which we all have quite polarizing views in this uh, conversation which we'll get into in a sec and then justice league obviously there's all these talks about the snyder cup so max i want to ask you uh, as you're deep in that realm what is the snyder cup why is everyone going mental about it okay well just sort of quantify it as we sit here recording this uh it appears that, as of literally five minutes ago, they've confirmed that the Snyder Cut is actually finally going to be released. After years of active campaigning from this huge fan movement, it actually appears that now, officially, it will be released to the public next year as part of the HBO Max streaming service, which is about to launch imminently, I think, initially in America. Then they'll roll it out worldwide, so hopefully by the time the Snyder Cut lands on it, it'll be available in the UK. Uh, but what the Snyder Cut is, is basically during production of Justice League, he, for t- sort of two different different schools of thought as to why he left production of it. One was, you know, tragic circumstances was the death of his daughter. Unfortunately, his, his daughter uh, took her own life, which is yeah. an utter tragedy. Um, and also Warner Brothers, I think, got cold feet on his direction and the way he was going about it because they literally went into production on Justice League I think a week or two after Batman vs Superman had been released they were literally fast-tracking it that much Mm. and I think the, shall we say uh, I'm probably being generous to say mixed um, (laughs) (laughs) um, critical reaction to BVS I think made Warner Brothers sort of hit the panic button and they weren't happy anymore with his direction and his vision so they sort of wanted to go in a more dare i say a more marvel route a, a mm. slightly more mainstream a, a bit more quippy and not that kind of dark route that he'd already established with first man of steel then batman vs superman and what he was doing with justice league so they unfortunately as well with his his, his family situation he, he left the production they brought in joss whedon of um, avengers fame who directed wrote and directed the first two marvel avengers film to basically do very expensive and extensive reshoots and they basically chopped out most or at least half of the work Snyder had done 
and the movie came out with sort of this weird amalgam of, of two films. And you can tell when you watch it, it's it's night and day. There's scenes in it that you can immediately say, that's a Zack Snyder scene. There's scenes in it where you can easily say, well, that's a reshoot. And I'm not just talking about Cavill's um, CGI'd out moustache, man, <laughs> which we'll get to. Um, so, yeah, so basically the film came out and it was a, it didn't do well at the box office. I mean, it made about, I think, about 600 million. 600 million is a good chunk of change. But really, a, a film of that magnitude should be clearing a billion easy. It was a, a flop against I think what it was it's called. The, the lowest grossing. Um, I, when we were looking online before press recording, I think it said it is the lowest grossing of that franchise. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. In 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 reality, that should be the highest grossing because it's like their Avengers, isn't it? So it should mm. have been should have been a juggernaut. And and not only that, critically it was panned as well. So obviously, once it's come out and the sort of truth emerged about Snyder's involvement and and what it was taken out of that, fans immediately go, "Well, we want to see his film, the film that he wanted to make his vision." Although his name's still on the credit as director, that's not a Zack Snyder film that we've all seen. And you, you know, as the as the sort of months and, and weeks gone on, there's all this speculation about. Well, I shot all this footage; it exists, and they decided not to use it. So fans have been clamouring for this Snyder cut. And just when you sort of pass the point of exhaustion, where you think, well, it's it's probably never going to happen, or you know, maybe they'll do like Rick, Dick, uh, Dick Donner's Superman two cut and release it 25 years after the original. <laughs> Finally, it appears that it's happened. So I think you know, um, much to Dave Chagrin, the uh, <laughs> the uh, Snyder Cut movement has sort of borne some fruit. So I'm, I'm, I, for one, am very pleased. I think he deserves to have his work out there, and then people can judge it. You know, that's cool. And um, Dave, I'll ask for your opinion in one moment, but I just want to say with with Justice League, um, we'll get into Batman vs Superman in a second. But just Justice League, it, my personal opinion of it was that I did actually enjoy the film. I thought it was good, just plain standard good, like maybe a high 6 out of 10, low 7 out of 10, I'd kind of rate it. But my issue with it was, it was one of those films where it could have been, and it should have been, as you said, Max, like the next Avengers. It could have been one of, I'm not the biggest fan of Superman, but I like all the other people. I like Jason Momoa's Aquaman. I like you know Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, etc. They're all great. Even Ben Affleck as Batman, I actually really liked. But it felt like yeah, it felt very disjointed. The main villain wasn't flushed out enough. It was just a, hey, here's a Marvel villain that you don't even really know his name, and then he's gone before you really care. And it's just like, and the film's quite short, oddly, which I was surprised me a lot. And then also, it did just feel like, hey, this is like the Avengers, but basically worse in every single way. So why <laughs> would you watch this if you can just watch the Avengers? Rather than, my opinion on Batman vs Superman, I'll withhold, but you, it's a very, very different film to Avengers, obviously, because of the darker tones and that sort of thing so i, I want to ask um ask dave first what did you think of justice league dave oh my god i i'm gonna struggle <laughs> to Just, be coherent say, in this I because say, I have got so much to say, and it's it's a multifaceted opinion. There's, there's not just one overriding emotion. So, so Justice League was pretty poor, to be quite honest. Um, I, I didn't like it. Now, with Batman and Superman, you have got two of the top three superheroes on the planet. Okay, so with Batman and Superman, in your movie, you should be clearing a billion. Easy. So it was a flop. Um, you know, no question about it. I remember at the time, though, even before it came out, thinking, well, I, and this is, uh, let's not get on to Schneider because he's got no control over this. This is a big juggernaut 
Warner Brothers calling the shots here saying, wow, look at what Avengers did, because that was a game changer. You know, think about that. Before that, you had Spider-Man 3. You had like three villains in and everyone was going, oh, it's too messy and incoherent. There's too many characters in it to, you know, have a coherent story. So can't be done. We need to make sure we, we have these character pieces. Avengers changed the game. And it seemed like Warner Brothers just said, all right, let's do that. Whereas, you know, (laughs) Marvel, uh, like in the MCU, they'd been building it for years. And it wasn't, it was kind of architected, but they kind of found their way as well. They just went with, they rolled with the punches kind of thing and and changed things on the way. And and not every movie was great, you know, as, as people like to retrospectively think. But yeah, I think, unfortunately... Justice League for me could have been so much more than it was, and and ultimately, you know, I, I, I it's like you know, being a, a parent, it's just you know, the worst thing you can hear from your parents, isn't it? Is they're not mad, they're just disappointed. Well, that's me <laughs> with Justice League. I was just disappointed. Fair enough. And Max, so what's your uh, opinion being more of more from a, a DC fan base point of view, in a sense? Um, when I watched that film and I went to see it opening day, I took the afternoon off work and went specially to see it. Um, I think my overriding opinion was one of mixed mixture of utter devastation and just real sort of anticlimax as in, was that it? I was just expecting it Mm. to blow me away. I mean, I think I knew going in based on what you'd hear about the production and the troubled elements of it. I wasn't expecting it to be a masterpiece of a film, but I did expect it to be so much more. I mean, I, I completely agree with what Dave says. They literally went, well, that's what Marvel are doing. We want that go. And they went to it too quickly. Um, they didn't build. Justice League was, I think, their fourth or fifth film in the franchise. Now, I know of, uh, Marvel's fifth film was the first Avengers film, so you could argue that the timeline is still the same. But what they'd done is, though, they'd had practically all the characters had had their own individual films before you got to mm-hmm. Avengers. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Justice League, you'd had Man of Steel, you'd have, you'd had BVS, Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman. Those were the four films that came before. Now, Suicide Squad, not, you know, none of those characters were related to Justice League. So in effect, you can take that off the list. So you've got only Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman that had previously had any traction with audiences prior to Justice League. So you in that film, you're introducing although they were sort of briefly blinking, you'll miss it on sort of video footage in, in BVS. You're introducing to the, um, yeah, no, yeah. Um, you're introducing Aquaman, the flash and cyborg to the cinema audience, the general audience. And you're asking them to be invested in the characters, root for the characters. And they've literally never seen them before, before the film. And you expected them to go, Oh, well, you know, stick them alongside your Batman, who you've seen for effectively one film, Wonder Woman, who you've seen for one film and sort of little cameo, great as her cameo was in BVS, and the Superman that's dead. And even though they left him out of all the promotional trailers, everyone knew he was going to come back from the dead in Justice League. It wasn't a, se- <laughs> it wasn't a secret. Everyone everyone knew that he was going to come back from the dead. You don't kill off your, your golden goose. Uh, or at least if you are going to, like Marvel did with Iron Man, you wait till it's the you know the end of the line, then you kill him off. You don't. You're kill 21 him off. films later, not exactly. A month before. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You do it because it's the payoff to end all payoffs, isn't it? And it and it means more, even though I'm not 100 percent convinced it will never come back. But that's a 
another discussion. I'm I'm guessing. Um, but yeah, so they they, they just rushed it, and it, the film was just a, a a travesty of what it could have been. And I just hope, with all the hype around, we want to see what the original film was supposed to be. I just hope that when it does come out next year, finally, that it isn't a steaming turd like the <laughs> cinematic film you know i mean it's supposed to it's, according to rumors it's anywhere between three to five hours long his cut oh wow so yeah exactly there was speculation that hbo max were going to do it as like, like um like a mini series you know mm. like maybe hour-long episodes and do it that way to split it up but you know my god are we gonna see the fucking <laughs> release the snyder cut director's cut you know this is on his only three hours i want to see the five hour one i don't want you know what there is no one happier than me that that this announcement's been made because i'm so fucking sick of hearing about the snyder cut quite honestly Max. <laughs> I, I honestly sick of it because and i'll give context to that so the whole uh, Donner cut thing, which, which you mentioned before, Max, was uh, it, it was a comment I think Margot Kidder made, you know, that there was all this extra footage shown and then because they switched directors, you know, it basically got left and then things that were supposed to be... It, it, so to save money, they shot a lot of uh, Superman 2 in the same kind of timeline as, as uh, Superman 1, but because the studio was putting on pressure, you know, they were burning through their budget... That's why they ended up sacking Richard Donner um, and going with the other chap. Max, help me out. What was his name? The uh, guy who did... Uh, Richard Lester. Lester, that's the one, yeah. So, And and there's something, some kind of thing with the Directors Guild where you have to have shot a certain percentage of the movie to be classed as the director. So they had to reshoot all this stuff. All, all the thing in Niagara Falls was all completely kind of made up. Uh, you know, after the event, uh, you know, and shot by Lester. And so basically there was a massive campaign for the Donner Cut. And then you get the Donner Cut. But the reality is because they'd taken uh, some of the things that were supposed to happen in the second Superman and they put them into the first one. So the whole flying around the earth and turning back time, uh, that was supposed to be in the second one. But they put it in the first one. So for me, the film you release becomes continuity. They'd shot all this stuff for the Donner Cut, but because of the first movie's been released, and that is continuity, the Donner Cut becomes redundant. Because although it's great, you know, as massive fans to see this extra footage, it, it's nonsensical. It doesn't actually mean anything because that's not the way it happened in the first part of the story. And so for me, although it was kind of academically curious, you know, to, to see what happened in the Donner Cut, it was not necessarily better than what Lester shot. It was just different. But it's this little standalone kind of what-if story, or Elseworlds story, you call it in DC, that actually doesn't mean anything. And so it, it left me feeling fairly unsatisfied. And that's what I kind of think about the Snyder Cut. I don't really think, you know, how are we supposed to treat it? I, I will absolutely be watching it. and I am curious. Um, and, you know, you can't... Uh, there's not many film directors who are bigger comic book fans than, than Zack Snyder. So, you know, it will be faithful. It will look fantastic. But what will it mean? Are, are we to watch that and then believe that's continuity and then forget what happened in the original Justice League? I, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it, watching it will be somewhat of a bittersweet experience because you'll finally get what you wanted and you'll get to see it. But like you say, everything that happens in it 
won't then lead to anything else because they've mm-hmm. scrapped that they've scrapped that continuity. When I mean, what's supposedly in it is is out there. It's fair game on the internet. Um, I would imagine you know most people have looked it up as to what supposedly happens in his cut as opposed to what we actually got to see and what he's also he had plans for a, a second and third justice league film that he was going to take through and a lot lot was going to happen there so you'll watch this cut next year which will be hopefully a a, a blow everyone away and then it'll end how it ends setting up stuff for a second installment but that second installment's never going to come so whilst it will be great to see it it will be really sad because you'll think well Warners have chucked all that in the bin. All that world that he's built across three films, starting with Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, and Justice League, everything's gone. You know, Ben Affleck's mm-hmm. gone. Ben Affleck's gone. Uh, they've recast Alfred. They've recast Commissioner Gordon from uh, who, was, who was very briefly in Justice League. That's all gone. And now you've got this new iteration of Batman, which I think will be great. But we'll see what happens next year with that. There's is Henry Cavill still Superman? You don't even know if he is or he isn't. Uh, I don't think we'll ever see Cyborg again in a film. Um, and there's he was great in Doom Patrol. Uh, he is great in Doom Patrol. That's a fantastic show. Um, <laughs> the only time I've seen Cyborg is Teen Titans, which is sacrilege to this conversation. <laughs> it shows how little. little also great to be honest in Teen Titans. Booyah! Yeah, the old school Teen Titans, <laughs> not the new ones. I mean, like the proper old school Cutter Network ones that they were. Yeah. They got surprisingly dark, and, you know, when they got into the sort of Robin went down the darker path backstory and stuff, it was like, this is still a kid's show, right? That's some strange yeah. <laughs> stuff's going. I, I want to ask with you guys, though, with, um, with obviously the DC films and things, we've got Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Shazam, uh, Justice League, soon to be Wonder Woman 1984. Um, the other films that are going to be coming out. Uh, I don't know if Max knows more, Dave, either or. What are the films coming out for the next like couple years? Sort of, what's the time scale thing? Well, they, ha- they have announced them now. I suppose at the moment everything's up in the air, anyway, isn't it? With films mm. being productions being delayed, productions being shut down. So I guess at the minute everything release date is subject to change because yeah. we don't know how things are <laughs> going to pan out in the in the world. But at the minute you've got. Wonder Woman 84, 1984 or 84, whatever it's called, which was supposed to be out, I think, next month, but that's been put back to the end of the year for obvious reasons. And then there was supposed to be three films in 2021 and three films in 2022. So in 2021, next year, you've got uh, The Batman, the Matt Reeves Batman with Robert Pattinson. Mm -hmm. You've got uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad, which has has been filmed and and done and they're in post-production on that. So that's definitely for next year, which is kind of a... It's a sequel because there are returning cast members from the first Suicide Squad, uh, Squid, Squad film in there. So it's like a soft reboot slash quasi-sequel. So that'd be quite interesting to see how they do that. And then the other film that's supposed to be out next year is Black Adam, starring The Rock. And again, whether that will still happen remains to be seen as to when they can actually start shooting it. And then the mm-hmm. three films they had down for 2022 were um, Aquaman 2, which is mm-hmm. obviously is a given because the first one made a billion dollars. DC's biggest film of, of this universe, Shazam 2, and the Flash film, um, which has gone through more directors than <laughs> a, a film's ever been through without even a, a frame of film being shot. Uh, and now there's speculation about whether Ezra Miller is even still playing the Flash based on some sort of yeah. uh, scandal where he, he sort of 
semi-playfully sort of attacked a fan at a convention not long ago. So I don't know if he's even still playing Barry Allen in it. But those are the films they've actually confirmed over the next two years. That's that's six, seven films uh, mm. between now and the end of 2022. So they've got them all out there. But, yeah, you know, it, like everything with DC, the you know, I remember a couple of years ago at San Diego, or, the, or maybe even three years ago before Justice League came out, they put a slate up on there for stuff that was supposed to be out. There was supposed to be a cyborg film out this year, but that was before Justice League died on its ass. So, you know, there was supposed to be a Green Lantern film out this year or next year. That's not happening, <laughs> and now they're doing a Green Lantern series for HBO Max. So everything's subject to change. So I take care with him with a pinch of salt. It's not like with marvel where you know they tend to announce their slate don't they for the next couple of years and you mm-hmm. can pretty much take it as read that that's what's going to happen so with dc until such a, a film actually starts production i tend to think well okay i'll believe it when there's a shot of such a body on set wearing the costume and then i'll believe it's happening but until then i always take it with a pinch of salt but yeah that's what they've allegedly got lined up I'll say with I mean I'm excited about Suicide Squad uh, because I actually didn't hate the uh, normal Suicide Squad, which once again controversial opinion. I thought it was definitely not great, and there are a lot, a lot of things in it that were just like, what? Why was this even in there? And obviously, million directors, a billion cuts, and all that sort of usual tomfoolery. But I'm excited because it's basically like Suicide Squad was them trying to do Guardians of the Galaxy, and what they've done is got the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. So <laughs> maybe they'll get their wish of trying to, you know copy marvel in a lot of ways uh but one thing with one thing with all this that i will say with dc that actually really pissed me off and i don't even watch them but that that they made all those uh dc uh series you know flash arrow uh, Led, uh, league of tomorrow supergirl all those ones and then i thought the initial idea when they were at least justice league was going to be like oh look it all clicks together kind of like marvel were trying to do with their netflix series and then they kind of died but they are still canon but you know you know it's fine but obviously i know the flash kind of from what i know about the flash from other people have uh, told me and things i know it kind of goes pretty deep into a lot of stuff and time travel and all sort of other jazz so it kind of went off the rails too far to rein back in for the justice league but it just seems like dc has almost got five different areas within it that are all pulling in opposite directions all at the same time whereas marvel just seems to be a case of more so mostly going in one direction and then one in five films they have a director issue which obviously that's happened with doctor strange multiverse of madness at the moment and it happened with edgar wright and ant-man but those films still generally come out okay so it's one of those things about dc unfortunately having the thing where they're having to catch up but the irony is that i would have guessed if you'd have asked me before mcu dcu whatever i would have said dc have a stronger chance because batman and superman are the most famous superheroes apart from maybe spider-man-ish but obviously they're really really famous and also you already had the superman movies that came out that everyone knew about and the dark knight trilogy is generally amazing i mean rises has a lot of flaws but the dark knight as a standalone film is in my opinion one of the best films ever made and you're just thinking i know that's in the nolan verse i know that's not canon but you just think with a film like dark knight comes out which is hailed as one of the best films ever made that comes out and dc don't go let's you know let's get this all sorted let's jump off that let's go from there they kind of just tripped over their own feet for about five years and then they've come out of the gate in this mess and it's such a disappointment because they have such good ip and i would genuinely i was thinking with marvel films they're fun and they're you know, quippy and they've got that stuff and obviously infinity and endgame get a lot more into the darker stuff but i generally like darker storytelling a lot more 
And DC has that. DC, especially with Batman as a standalone, you know, they've got so much material for it. And it's just so upsetting that when Justice League came out, even though I thought it was all right, I don't really ever want to watch it again. And there was not really any point to it. It just, it just felt a bit like you're not doing your own thing. So I'm rambling. Uh, but what I want to <laughs> ask, essentially, is what are both of your guys' opinions, excluding BVS? Oh, we'll start with Dave, the God to Max. Um, of the other DCU films that we've seen also to try to clarify dcu isn't the official title is it they haven't they haven't come up with the official title that's like a fan title isn't it yeah yeah kind of yeah they, they call it like dceu the dc extended universe but i'm not sure that that's ever been put on any sort of official propaganda i think that's more like you said i think that's just a name that's sort of been adopted for it yeah yeah that's fair well, i was gonna say i liked aquaman i thought Wonder Woman was brilliant I thought Suicide Squad was surprisingly good. I thought the first half of Man of Steel was absolutely phenomenal, and then the second half I was not a fan of at all. And that's my general quick view of it. I want to ask Dave, what's your sort of stance on the other DC films, apart from BVS? We'll save, we'll save that one. <laughs> well, well, just before I go into the actual movies, I mean, I, uh, quite often, honestly, I'll take a bit of a shot at the at the DC movies. And that is for two reasons. One, uh, this released the Snyder Cut, I'll be so glad when this is put to bed because quite a lot of venom that I see on Twitter, I'll go to someone's profile and they've got hashtag release a Snyder Cut. And and it's such a polarizing, it's like a Donald Trump supporter. It's like, I am going to support this and everything else that is not DC is absolutely shit. I absolutely love Marvel and I love DC. I'm sure I've said this before. I can't remember if it was on your podcast, Mike, but I mean, my first love was the DC comics. Hmm. I mean, how can you not? You know, Superman, Batman, those are the two biggest ones. And one of the, one of the things that, that, let's call it the DCEU has, has brought, is in a, in a smaller amount of movies, they brought Wonder Woman to the screen. So they brought a, a leading female, you know, into a movie before Marvel did. Marvel mm-hmm. had like 20 movies before they could be asked to do that. So, you know, kudos to them for that. The other reason, though, is this this is not comparing Marvel to DC. This is comparing Marvel, and I know they're owned by Disney now, but they've pretty much been left alone to run autonomously, to Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers is a much bigger organization, and it is harder to make movies. They've been making movies for 100 years or something, and it is a convoluted process. It's, you know, there's so many people who've got an opinion on the way to, you know, seeing that final finished product. So I quite often wonder how, you know, someone making it for, for that size of studio, how they actually make a movie in the first place because you know i can't imagine there's many movies that finish up anything like those writers and directors envisage them to be Mm. so those are the handcuffs that the dc properties have got right now the fact that they are owned by warner brothers and you know you've got all these kind of wily old you know producers who've got an opinion about what it is to make a great movie and the thing that that Marvel didn't have those handcuffs when they started, you know, they played about in the movie space. They licensed it out to other studios and stuff. So they'd seen movies being made, but they kind of had a, a fresh sandpit to play in. You know, with that Iron Man um, movie, they, they could kind of do what they want. And they had people engaged who loved the characters. So they didn't take everything from the page verbatim. 
they, but they knew the essence of the character, and that's how they were able to craft that multi-picture story. You know, that ended up being the Infinity Saga. So. Marvel had an, a massive advantage over the DC stuff in that respect. Well, Dave, could I just interject for one sec? And it's just to bounce off exactly what you're saying. Yep. The thing is with Marvel as well is obviously the, the intellectual property of Marvel that is failing at the moment is all the stuff not owned by Marvel Studios, which is yeah. Fantastic Four being the most recent flop because that was, I think, Sony. And the X-Men films are very inconsistent, and we're not going to get into an X-Men chat here because we be a whole <laughs> podcast about the X-Men films and the billion of them. But obviously a lot of the stuff the issues they're having is exactly that, is that Sony yep. are the ones, this gigantic company, they're not leaving creators to be creators. And, and funnily enough, all the things like X-Men that you would expect to be the top tier stuff of Marvel is flopping and Fantastic Four because of that exact thing. So I just want to yep. add that in. Yeah, sorry, uh, continue. No, no, you're absolutely right. And, and if you think about it, I mean, Marvel nearly went bust in the 90s. You had the whole kind of comics boom, the whole speculator market, and they were producing variants that were coming out of their ears. They, they could have very easily went bust. And they, there was a whole uh, a, a bunch of their top creators. So Marvel's top artists and creators all went off and created this uh, separate company called Image. And so they were close to going bust. And so they had to license out all these properties and and basically sell the crown jewels so they you know license off fantastic four spider-man the x-men those, those were the top three hitting uh properties they had so it was only with what they were left with you know and you're kind of looking at it and, and basically before the mcu came about you're looking at it and you're saying well captain america yeah kind of can see it working in america maybe and iron man i always loved to be honest as a kid but he wasn't your top tier superhero Thor? Did anyone really care about Thor until, you know, Chris Hemsworth donned the, the cloak? So so they had a lot less to work with rather than your top tier kind of, you know, Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman. Um, but they were able to do what they want. They had that creative control. Whereas, you know, someone like Snyder, when he's got you know, an idea and he wants to execute on it, you know, a hundred people have all got an opinion or all kind of like changing what he, what he wants to do. And, and to be honest, you know, it's tragic, you know, you, you don't want to wish what happened to him. No parent should ever have to go through that, but it must've been an absolute kick in the stones to, to have someone like Joss Whedon, who is tonally such a different writer and director to come and stamp all over your vision. So, I, I make fun about, you know, wanting to see the Snyder Cut. Actually, I kind of do want to see it, and I do want to see what his original vision was because, you know, when like we're all creators, aren't we? We're talking about Max's mandatory Marvel and DC creating that show. Mike, you've created the genuine chit-chat. We all have pride over the things we create, and can you imagine if someone just, or, or like in his case, you know, you've got 100 people who are all kind of messing and, morphing and what you actually originally thought of and then just bastardizing it and then you're you're still the one with your name on this damn thing and you're like yeah that had nothing to do with me you know and I wasn't happy with it myself so so yeah kind of not sure what my point was there but <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> so so sorry you you actually asked me the question you asked me is what what do I think about the films 
Other than BVS, let's yeah. let's um, <laughs> let right. So the Nolan trilogy, the the thing that Nolan didn't have to contend with is an extended universe. So mm-hmm. he only had to deal with Batman, you know. So a nice street level character. Uh, there's no aliens. There's no super powers. He's just you know phenomenally wealthy and ridiculously smart as well. Um, so that trilogy is awesome. It's, it's brilliant. I, I, in particular, I love the first th- two. I, I wasn't bad about the third one, but but still pretty good as well. Hmm. But if you you know you've you're a producer and you want your grubby fingers, you're looking at the Avengers and you're sort of thinking, oh, look at all this money we can make. You know, every movie's going to make a billion dollars at the box office, and then all the DVD sales on top of that as well. I, th- I think we've got to appreciate the Nolan trilogy didn't have to deal with that. He was quite focused that, you know, there shouldn't be other, um, you know, it shouldn't be an extended universe. My biggest problem with justice league is the fact that all the other characters, all the other superheroes, the best thing they did was to wake up Superman because (laughs) before that they got their asses handed to them. And then basically they wake up Superman and then he comes and saves the day. So it invalidates the characteristics and the strengths of all the other superheroes, they basically did nothing because Superman Mm. was the one who saved the day. So it does create a problem. They call it, I've not made this up, you call it like the Superman problem. Marvel had it in a similar way with Captain Marvel. Mm. So, you know, you have this character who's so powerful then they can just do everything. They can kick everyone's ass and just save the day, you know. But the, the way they dealt with it is to send her off to other planets and stuff. So, yeah, I I think, though, what led to Justice League, unfortunately, you know, was the Avengers. That caused the studio to say, oh, look, let, let's do what they're doing. Instead of just executing the plan you already had. I think what they've done since is quite smart. I mean, for me, Wonder Woman is the best movie that's come out of the DCU. Just as a standalone little movie, I thought it was fantastic. It was charming. Gal Gadot is just phenomenal. I can't imagine anyone else, you know, which after Linda Carter, I didn't think I'd say, but, you know, she, she is phenomenal as Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. But then since then, to focus on the standalone stories with the likes of Shazam, and I know it wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but I kind of like the fun of it. You know, even though it's not really DC, they stole him from Fawcett Comics. Um, And then Joker, you've got something again that is completely different. It doesn't all have to be in this one single universe. So to focus on just creating good individual standalone movies, I think is the best decision Warner Brothers have made. And that's the end of part one. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. Part two will be out next week at the usual time on a Sunday. And in part two, we will basically continue this discussion. Uh, Max will then basically give his two cents on the current sort of DC expanded universe movies, much like Dave did at the end there. Uh, And then we speak about general DC movies compared to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then we also discuss our thoughts on the Ben Affleck's Batman, which then leads on to the big discussion on Batman versus Superman, which is something that we've kind of almost teased about in this part um as i say the second half of the chat is primarily just about those things but obviously this chat is almost all about dc stuff so you can expect the same from part two
Make sure you check out Max Burns show, Mandatory Marvel and DC. As I said, it's on the Comics and Motion podcast feed, which is also where you can find my podcast, Star Wars Comics and Canon, as well as Tony Farina's Indie Comic Spotlight and the flagship show, Chris and Dave's Comics and Motion podcast. So make sure you check those out. Uh, Dave does have loads of other podcasts as well. Um, he's also got the VHS Strikes Back, which is about retro movies, as well as uh, the CD Reality Cast, uh, which is Chris and Dave's Reality Cast. Um, all the uh, these links to these are in the description, um, so you can check them out there. In the coming weeks, I've got a chat lined up next week with Chris and Dave. Obviously, Dave was in this episode and Chris was in the episode last week of the wrestling podcast. So Chris and Dave are going to come on and talk about the sort of comics and motion creators network in a sense, which is, you know, their show, my show styles, comics and canon, Tony's Indie Comics Spotlight and Max's Mandatory Marvel and DC. So we talk about well, we will be talking about that next week and things uh, so you can expect those. Um, I've got a couple of other chats lined up with people, but they haven't been on the show before and i generally don't like to say if someone's not been on the show before just in case it falls through or anything like that so i've got a few new people coming up over the coming months and things and i'm gonna have a couple other return guests too so you can look forward to that i keep saying at the end janine mercer which i think we're planning on speaking around july time so that's exciting i've got another podcast lined up soon as well with uh is megan's going to be helping me co-host in this one and it's going to be about teaching bits with two guests that have got a podcast but i won't name them yet either so unless things change i've got one with a heavy metal band one with uh two parents who were previously teachers about teaching and stuff um janine mercer returning chris and dave next week uh and a few other things coming up so that's generally what you can expect and also you guys may or may not know i think i mentioned it quite frequently so you probably should uh i've got another podcast called star wars comics and canon it's meant for people either if you're just getting into the wider star wars universe if you've watched all the films and you maybe haven't seen any of the series be it rebels clone wars resistance or the mandalorian if you have or haven't it doesn't matter i basically review the comics and talk about how they relate to other comics how they relate to some of the books how they relate to the movies and things and they're only normally between 15 minutes and half an hour long so they're a lot shorter than the genuine chit chat things but it's just myself so if you like that the most recent episode that should be out today or tomorrow is is episode 10 and it's actually about han solo's time in the imperial academy uh, in the movie solo he goes off to be in the imperial academy to escape corellia and then it kind of time jumps and then he's already in the middle of this big war zone and then he meets beckett and crew and then chewy and escapes essentially the comic itself takes place between those two points in time and it's just what han actually did to essentially get kicked out of the navy the flight school that sort of thing it's a five-part comic series it's really good and i talk about that and there's a character in it called valance who also appears in other stuff as well so that's what you can look forward to in the most recent one i've also spoken about uh the one last week was about just star wars the main run of star wars comics and it was actually about darth vader and luke meeting for the first time how vader got luke's name boba fett's involved as well so there's lots of cool things there so it's it's a good way if you want to get more information about the star wars canon whether or not you're a super fan or you're just kind of interested obviously we're not getting any more films for another year or two so it's just a good way to either get your foot in the door and learn a bit more about the wider canon or if you're already massively into it then it may be something that you've missed a comic or two you've may you've missed or maybe some details about comics you've missed it's a good sort of refresher i talk about the story within it and i give some you know i normally give bullet point plot details and things wrapped with some cool moments that i think really worked in the comics my own thoughts on it as well as 
as I said, how it links to other stuff. So that's what you can expect from Styles Comics and Canon, found on the feed of Comics and Motion. And yeah, I really hope you guys appreciate it and check it out. Uh, I hope you guys check out all the other shows on the Comics and Motion podcast feed. And if you had fun listening to this chat, I really hope you guys tune in next week. Really appreciate everyone listening this far. And that's about it for me, guys. So talk to you next week.